4: We are back here on uh, Con Air Radio, and we're actually going over the part two of Game On Expo. Yes. Of course, uh, I am Jared, and uh, along with me is Amy.
5: Hello, I'm Amy,
4: and uh, of <laughs> course Robert. I am here. Yes. You are. So, uh, Game On Expo part two. We're talking about uh, a couple more couple more interviews that we did. Uh, I also heard we were actually uh, having a song by one of the uh, one of the artists uh, actually being played during the show. And, uh, well, let's, let's talk a little bit, uh, a couple other things that we, that we saw at the, uh, at the con. Um, I, I, I saw, I actually participated in the, uh, the masquerade, actually the costume contest. How was oh, that? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was, it was actually pretty fun. There was a lot of different, uh, a lot of different costumes. Didn't just, you almost
5: win or something?
4: It, it, it was one of those, like I got, I, I didn't almost win, <laughs> but I, I actually did something other than, you know, just walk across the stage. Because uh, that's what a lot of a lot of the cosplayers did. They didn't really have anything prepared. Uh, there was one uh, one girl. She was uh, uh, Leafion from uh, from Pokemon. Oh, cool. Uh, pretty much one of the EV evolutions. She had a like nice little dance routine that she did. Uh, I was of course dressed as Snorlax, and I walked out on stage and curled promptly up. curled up, fell asleep in the middle of the of the stage, and uh, the the guy who was actually putting on the masquerade. Um, or uh, emceeing it, uh, I gave him the pocket flute that I made, and he actually brought it out, played it a little bit, and I got up and walked off stage.
5: Oh, that's awesome! What a great <laughs> and, idea! And I missed oh, that. Yeah. I should have got shot. I missed that. it that too. He, I, I think I saw him in the hallway, like right afterwards. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. But it, it it was pretty cool. And actually, there was a there was a, a surprise uh, proposal at the end of that masquerade, which was kind of cool. You got married? No, no, it, it, <laughs> it wasn't me. But there, there was, a, there, was a, there was a couple there. He actually uh they kept it completely hush hush. They played a video and uh he uh there was this one uh the one one girl that was dressed as a uh, uh a mandalorian uh bounty hunter from star wars and they dragged her out on stage and then he came out and just dropped to a knee and proposed to her. It was like it was the cutest thing ever. Oh, that's sweet. Probably was he
5: was her. he dressed as cosplay too? Yeah,
4: yeah. He he was actually in his Mandalorian outfit too. Aww, so. took her to the dark side. I
5: wonder if that's what the wedding's gonna look. like.
4: <laughs> uh, it, from from what I've heard, like they're actually uh, mutual friends with uh, an, an old roommate of mine. And uh, he said, "Yeah, they're they're planning like an entire Star Wars themed wedding if they
0: if they actually go through, you know, go so
1: through cool. with it. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: the bride coming down, if, if <laughs> they actually go through with it, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know; it could it could be a small thing. You they know. don't break up first, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, there, there was a lot of interesting cosplays uh, this year that I saw at Game On. Uh, one of my favorites was actually a uh, a female Bowser." like just like ripped ripped up clothing and she had like a um, like a, the hat with the spikes on it and she actually had like a knee pad that was looked like the the turtle shell. God, oh, I so missed her. That yeah. that was actually pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I missed that one all the time.
5: There was a lot of cool Transformer.
0: Yeah. Well, there yeah, there was a whole group there of was a, yeah, There
5: was a yeah, there was a a booth with yeah. a, that had a different Transformer every day we were there. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Yeah, that yeah. was really cool. It was
0: more than MeCI. Yeah.
5: It was more than MeCI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and right? then,
4: uh, and then of course, uh, there was um there were just so many uh so many different costumes like i, I can't remember them all but it was just a, a lot of intricate costumes lights sounds you know a lot a lot different than what i'm I'm used to doing. I personally. got to
5: take my picture with Beetlejuice, and when I did, he he was completely <laughs> in that. character too. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I he that was. was good. It was great. I, and in the picture, he said something, and I remember I well, I'm laughing in the picture because he's <laughs> he's talking to me like Beetlejuice as I'm trying to take a picture. He was great.
0: I I, I enjoyed the fact that there was uh, uh, there was a lot of the Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Um, you had your Snorlax. Um, I actually saw a child dressed up as oh, it's off the top. Cubone.
4: Yes, Cubone. Uh, yes. Actually, actually, he uh, he's one. Uh, he was there the entire weekend. It's uh, he actually does cosplay professionally, and he's only like three years old, two three years old. <laughs> but his parents dressed like the last day we were there. He was dressed up as a as an orc from uh, World of Warcraft.
5: Oh, how cute! And he's just walking around. He's pained, I missed it. All
4: <laughs> oh, it's adorable. Ooh. Ouch! Sorry, it's Sorry. okay. Um, <laughs> we're all we're all getting over
0: getting over stuff. <laughs> it, it, it's that time of year here in Arizona. You do realize the business that we are actually in with this podcasting, we're going to have the permanent con crud going. You oh, yeah. So, I,
4: I do realize that. Con La- crud. You ever had
0: that? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You know, when, you, when you go to a convention and you spend the entire weekend at a convention, you're living it there. You're kind of going. You're on the go. You're on the go. You're on the go. You're on the go. You get home. You need a vacation from your vacation, vacation mm-hmm. to get over con because your your throat will be sore you'll have you'll be tired you'll be dragging ass yeah there, there should be a uh, a panel, panel <laughs> a, a, a panel about how to avoid con crud. i've actually been thinking about that and i did think about this because with herbal supplements and exercise and uh, uh nutritional thought my i thought there could be an, easily a panel to put together going um, what the you know? I don't know what we'd name it, but uh, a panel that would physically say you know how to get over con crud, and you know it would be a blockbuster. Oh, we yeah. would we would need the auditorium. We would. <laughs> we would need the auditorium.
4: We 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 could pass out you know the the vitamin C uh, tablets you to probably got a couple sponsors. <laughs> yeah, that, air, Airborne. <laughs>
5: yeah, and there you go. Airborne
4: how, would be how emergency. To get over, how to get over con crud with emergency. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Now, Amy, you got an opportunity to uh, to talk to another one of the musicians. Yeah, as this. we know,
5: I got to spend my time at the Game Con uh, around a lot of the music going on. Um, the very first interview I did was at Adventure Face. Um, this was actually a band that was, e- or well, I guess a project. It's just this guy. But um, it was easier to find online. Um, it very... Again, cool kind of like what you would want to hear in the back of maybe more of an action video game.
0: Well, he was he was um, more audio video, um, right? He yeah, had,
5: he, I was just gonna say he had he had a setup during his performance that everything went with this cool.
0: And he'd like in to the do the background. a lot of his um, cool
5: video that that unusual uh, transition
0: like older equipment and older kind of you know stuff in the background. So
5: right. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was um, very interesting. Uh, the very first interview that. That I'd done for a con type musician. Um, so it, in this interview, I kind of feel like I'm all learning at the same time as as he's probably learning how to give the interview.
0: Oh, we're all learning. Yeah, and exactly.
5: So. <laughs> um, and also, he sent us a file. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm not. Yes, I am a thist.
0: Yes, and correct? we are going to hear that. Yes, I,
5: I heard this one. I think you guys should enjoy it. So. Okay. This is Amy Hansen with Con Air Radio, and I am here with Adventure Face. Hi.
6: Um,
5: hi, can you tell me a little bit about your music? And
6: Yeah, I like to make um, very strange, kind of melty music is the way I like to call it, or melt wave. Um, I use a lot of old ephemeral like VHS tapes. I have a bunch of old synthesizers that I use to produce my sound. Uh, yeah, I try to like make it seem kind of dreamy in a way.
5: You know, that's, you said, what did you say? Meltwave? Yeah. Is that a genre? Is uh, it, What, what kind of genre? What? Yeah, so is that, it fits into its own category. Though. How long have you been doing this?
6: About eight years.
5: Have you ever played anywhere live besides
6: here? Oh yeah, yeah we play out all the time. I'm in a group, uh, like, we're kind of a collective called Glob, and our band, is Glob, is so, like at Crescent like, uh, like that.
5: Oh, that's awesome. So where can we get information about you and Glob?
6: At globrecords.com or our Facebook. Oh, okay.
5: Um, now, personally, what are your favorite bands that you like to listen
6: to at home that, are, you know? Um, like, recent favorites? Um, like, just Oh, man, this is such a hard question. Uh, <laughs> I know it is for me, too. Like, like the last records that I've been, like, super duper hyped on have been, um, there's this guy, Mass who has a record out on Sacred Bones. that's really good. Huh. Um... One of Tricks Point Ever is another person that I really, really like to so listen and it's kind of like very like, recent music. Uh, but I'm also really into old records. Um, I collect like New Age and like, early and stuff. So oh. my, my tastes are kind of all of so I grapple on it.
5: You know, buy- I don't know much about that. How far back does that go, that
6: sound? Psychedelic uh, music? Yeah. Um, since the late 60s, so it's been around for a while. I'd be really interested to hear some of that. What Back
5: in the day, where they used, like, organs and stuff? Like yeah, that? they
6: had these giant, like, basically it was almost the size of a room, of these things called modular synthesizers that Mo and u made. And what's cool about it is you can plug in all these different cables and change the sounds. Oh, that sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah, I've got a little semi-modular that I use like this
5: so you're going to send us a couple songs, right? Um, we'll probably play them right here when we're done talking. So if you want to maybe t- tell us a little bit about what you're going to send us, what songs they are.
6: Um, yeah, the first song I'll give you is a one by Glob, the band that I'm in with uh, my friend Ken, who's doing visuals in there. Um, and my other friend Matt who's in this band. And the name of the song is No You're Not, Not, Yes I Amethyst. Um, The the song came from this really strange new age cassette tape that I got that just had a bunch of random songs on there So I sampled that cassette using an old four track recorder with the the pitch slowed all the way down And so I chopped the samples up very very small and built little drum racks out of some of the guitar sounds And then we played synthesized parts all the time
5: Oh fun. I actually listened to it today a little bit. It was really cool. I, I, I can hear it kind of like soundtrack
6: of a yeah, game I or say that John Carpenter and like that kinda of like horror music soundtrack or horror music soundtracks are big. Games,
5: so. Oh, cool. I could totally see that. That's why it's like you can kinda of just you can feel like to
6: it if you want to, but you can also kind of ignore it and I think that's kind of one of the nice things about making evocative instrumental music is that without having somebody like singing or something or take or kind of pulls you out of whatever they want the song to be, like you can put whatever you want. Okay, tell me again
5: where we can check you out and Glob.
6: Um, you can go Globrecords.com or Adventureface.com. Oh,
5: perfect, awesome. Okay, great.
6: Very nice to meet you. Is
5: there anything else you want to let people know?
6: Uh, we have a, a bunch of dates coming up. I don't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> right. If you go to, um, if you, you go to Clopper All
5: right. That sounds great. Nice to meet you. <laughs>
1: okay, cool.
4: Larry
0: game. Yes, he was a, a Sierra uh, designer, and uh, he was one of the leads um, for the Laser Suit Larrys and a lot of different other games. But most of it, notoriously, everyone knows him for the Laser Suit Larry characters. I
4: I I played this game probably a little a uh, little younger than I probably should have. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. It's for for those of you younger types that are you know probably listening don't 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 look up this game
1: <laughs> please, please don't
4: wait 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 until you're 18
0: yes very
1: much so
4: um but i mean they're they're great games great way to you know even blow off some steam at the end of at the end of a long week uh type of game but
0: um very
4: just different
0: Well, uh, and, uh, of course, these are entirely a different era. These are in the 80s. Yeah. So uh, graphics are different. Uh, There's a lot more of, uh, you know, go here, do this, try to find this. And uh, it's usually, uh, it was very entertaining at the time. And I had actually played several of them, too. And he actually said that there was another one that kind of took a deviation from it, where it was actually done as a, a casino And so they actually had a, um, uh, what do you want to call it, like um, a comic, uh, a comic, um, uh, what's the words I'm looking for? Uh, Basically, where it's a stand-up comic thing where you could actually go in and and do little stuff. It's just hilarious. This cat is taking over my phone. (laughs) Uh, So we're sitting here around my table
5: and... (laughs) I, my cat, I'm going to take a picture of this. When you guys get a picture of my phone's restarting?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, sorry. Your cat was
0: sending my pictures. Though, I so
5: know. He's, a, he's it, part of the show.
0: Wait, that's not one I wanted released. <laughs> <laughs> Here, buddy.
5: Uh, right on the mic. Let's give him a pair of headphones. <laughs> Come on. All um, right. So back, back, to, <laughs> back, back, to, back, back to the show. Good kitty. <laughs>
4: Um, so yeah, uh, so I guess here's the uh, the interview with Artab uh,
0: and Al Lowe. Hi, this is Robert with Con Air Radio, and I'm with Al Lowe, game designer. How is it? how are you doing, Al? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, what you like? Uh, how are you feeling about the con so far since you've been here?
2: Uh, so far, so good. It's been a, a real fun weekend. We've uh, I've met a lot of people and uh, met a lot of fans. Uh, people that like my games, and, and I'm having a good time.
0: Yeah, I saw at the at the panel you actually ran into somebody who was in this in the same uh, business that you were, or in the same. Yeah, he
2: worked in the same studio that I did.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of an interesting, because actually uh-huh. that was kind of one of my questions that I was originally going to ask. Is uh, do you still keep in contact with a lot of your old gaming?
2: I'm uh, going to have dinner with Ken and Roberta Williams this Wednesday night. <laughs> three nights from now. So.
0: That's, that's, uh-huh. See, that's cool.
1: Yeah, actually... We still
2: remain friends, and I get to see a lot of the other guys, although not as often as we'd like. But uh, we had a party a few months ago, and um, uh, we posted pictures on Facebook and Twitter and stuff, and um, uh, got a bunch of the old Sierra gang together. It, uh, uh, it was a really wonderful, creative, and intense Period in our lives, all of us worked our butts off uh, for way too many hours a week. But um, uh, when you do that, it's you, you develop a camaraderie, and uh, it doesn't go away. You know, it's uh, I see them now, and it's just like, hey, we've had the weekend off. Let's get back and talk again and work work on some project.
0: And and that's one of the things that I, I like is you guys. You were actually got your foot in the door when game designing and computer games started out so well
2: when I started uh, <laughs> I, I started in 1980 which is a long time ago man right. uh, older than probably most of your audience uh, but but uh, uh, I thought that I was too late I thought I was one of the you know last guys in because I didn't have uh, any background in math um, or uh, uh, programming? I was a music major and, and a school teacher, um, but I wanted to tell stories and I wanted to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I thought that computer games were the future. It just seemed to me like it, it had to be. And I thought, oh, if I get in, I can figure out some way to make this thing, uh, you know, work for itself. And um, and I guess I did. You know, for I uh, I got to design games for 16 years. That's a, that's a good run.
0: And, and that's a long time and, and, and all with the
2: same company too. That's what's weird was that you know nowadays people do a project here and a project there, and they go from this to that and you know they're never working with the same people twice. We worked with the same guys for
0: 15 years. That's really lucky. I mean, the benefit of it is you get to see how uh, your product grows, you get to see how the company grows, and you were in there when it was a small time company. When I started
2: right. at Sierra, there were 20 employees. And within six months, there were 120 employees. And the bottom fell out of the market at that time. And they had a Black Friday when uh, Ken Williams called uh, people into his office uh, and uh, uh, laid them off. Um, He fired some. I mean, some of them, but most of them, it was a layoff. It was, we can't afford to hire you anymore. We don't have a project for you. Um, you know, go home and we'll call you when we have something. Um, But he made a special deal to the programmers. He made a deal to the programmers that said, if you'll go home and work on your own and take advances against future royalties, um, you can keep working and we'll publish the games and then you'll get more money, you know, once the advances are paid off. Well, out of 25 guys that worked at Sierra in programming at that time, Twenty-two of them went home and, I don't know, smoked dope or something and <laughs> cut firewood. I don't know. I watched soap operas. I don't know what they did. But anyway, they never came back with a game, and there were three of us that did. And uh, I looked at it as an opportunity, and, and to me it was like, hey, that's what I want to do. I'll do this, and, and I brought back a finished game. Um, but a lot of the guys didn't, and so it, it was a uh, it was a really tough time. In one day, Sierra went from 120 employees to 40, uh, and it was tough, but that was the, that, those 40 people became the heart of the new company, right. and from there it grew to, um, well, when Ken had the company take it away from him in a hostile takeover in 1995, uh, the company was up to 1,200 employees and was a publicly traded company with a market capitalization of over a billion dollars. They had a 28% market share, which means 28 cents out of every dollar that anybody spent on entertainment software went to Sierra. Um, uh, Unbelievable. Electronic Arts was like 18. uh, Microsoft was like three. Um, You know, it was a uh, uh, dominant force in the industry. And uh, when... As I said, Ken, the company was uh, taken over in a hostile takeover, and Ken was forced out. Right. And within five years, the company was down to ten employees, and
0: they went to uh, uh, the last guy, turned off the lights and locked the doors and went home. That's sad to see something that gets up to be so big and so powerful. And, uh, and made so many man. people happy. Right. That You know, that was the part I looked at
2: was that, that uh, we were doing these things, and we were having a ball doing it, you know, it was fun, uh, but on the same time, there were millions of people who liked what we were doing, and enjoyed it, and then to have that all just get pissed away, uh, you know, through bad management, and, and just foolish decisions, and, yeah it, it was just, sad it was
1: just very sad. to see
0: this like, to see a company crumble because and, and not of your doing is even worse no it was <laughs> it, it's, it's not even like the guy is able to say i i made that mistake uh-huh. and i i'll live with it if he, someone walks in the office and says guess what you don't own the company anymore yeah, yeah. and then just says there's a the door and yeah that's the
2: <laughs> yeah it was a uh... Uh, it's an amazing story. And and the worst part was that the guy who took it away, who wrested control away from Ken Williams, um, uh, ended up being convicted of securities fraud because he claimed to buy the companies, and yet he had no money to buy the companies. So it turned out that the SEC uh, came after him and won uh, a $2 billion judgment against the company, two, with a B, two
0: right. billion,
2: judgment and then the federal uh, criminal guys went after him for uh, securities fraud and he ended up spending basically the rest of his life in jail uh, he and a couple of his uh, close buddies, his henchmen um, uh, ended up in federal penitentiary uh, And uh, but the sad part was the company just vanished
1: right, the good think- people yeah. left
2: and got good jobs the bad people kind of stayed on until they weren't needed anymore and
0: uh, you would think that it would kind of, of revert to... back to the old ownership if it if it, it hadn't, you know. Well, it took first.
2: years to figure all that out and to go through all those trials and all that. Then by then it was uh, gone. It was it was magic and it just kind of vanished into the mist,
0: you know. Yeah, that's unfortunately that. No, wait, what was that's... the question you asked? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure we kind of went off. Uh, and of course, you did at the panel. You did had already had asked. Or answered the question. are "Are you still designing in any, in any way?" No, I
2: retired in 1998, and um, I've fallen out of retirement a couple of times since then. But uh, uh, but uh, most recently, four years ago, uh, we get a Kickstarter campaign mm-hmm. and uh, raised enough funds to uh, redo the first Leisure Suit Larry game. We hoped that we would do all the games right. and re- bring them up to you know uh, high definition graphics and high. Uh, uh, you know, more than HD uh, resolution and uh, better music and better animation and all that stuff and uh, we did that with one game and it's available now. You can download it. I won't get any money from it, so I don't <laughs> care. I don't care if you download it or not, but but you'll enjoy the game. I think if you like adventure games.
0: Well, uh, I, I I did play Leisure um, Suit
2: Larry Reloaded. I think is
0: a good adventure game. Yeah, I did play Leisure Suit Larry. Um, I don't remember which one it was <laughs> because well, it was we did a bunch.
2: We had uh, we had six. Six adventure games, and we—I numbered them one, two, three, and then five, six, and seven. So there were six games in the series. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Um, now, what was the other? One? Oh, um, if you had the opportunity to create a game now, uh, with all the new technology and mm-hmm. stuff, what kind of game would you try to do? Well, the
2: kind of games that I like. I think, are the kind of games that I would do. And so um, to me, uh, the mark and you know, <laughs> this seems obvious, but to me the market is really missing humor. There's no sense of humor. There's no comedy. And I lo- it's odd because television is full of, comic comedic shows uh, sitcoms and and comedy shows and other shows um, and, and movies comedy is a big seller in movie theaters and books sell and and albums and stand-up comedians and comedy clubs and where the hell is it in games and it's gone and you know a few of us did it Tim Schaffer and and, um, and uh, Scott Murphy and uh, Space Quest and 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 a few others but uh, no now like a smart ass answer when you kill somebody is about the best we got for humor
0: and, and yeah it's the one liners the the, yeah. the terminators all right back, and stuff like that but it one of the things that i had uh, put together in my head when when i was thinking of some of the questions and when you were talking about your uh, your database is if someone could design a game to where you create a character and then you go up on front of a stage in the game. You've got your outfit that you put up, and you've got some of these people wearing all these different kinds of outfits to try to get the, uh, a visual change, but have then turn around and design a game to where um, your database of, of jokes could be pulled from, or, or jokes in general. So basically, you're creating your own character, yeah. gaming character. That does jokes in a comedy.
2: Group. I actually did that in 1997. Really? Yeah, hmm. uh, we we did a game called uh, Leisure Suit Larry's Casino. It oh. was it was basically the Hoyle's casino game, mm-hmm. but we spiced it up. We put uh, uh, more character, Larry Larry kind of characters in it. But I said, I am not going to do a game that is just the same as the other game because they could just buy that. Why, what, i got to add some creativity to it. So we included a comedy club. And uh, you could copy and paste uh, jokes from where, whatever source you wanted to do it, wherever you wanted to steal your jokes from. And you would paste it in the window. And then people had the number keys on the keyboard. And so you would read the joke. It, this was pre-voice. Uh, right. It wasn't possible to do a voice at that point. But we would do that nowadays. But but uh, but you would uh, read the text on the screen, and and then you would respond to the text with any of the number keys from zero to nine, and uh, zero was uh, uh, like a boo or something and nine was big applause. And it was wonderful because it was a chat room and there were 25 or 30 people maybe in there and you'd tell a joke and you would you could hear as people finished reading it, the laughter would start. And some people would laugh harder and some would laugh less, and all those laugh signals were uh, coming up. So it was a a fun thing. And Sierra did a terrible thing with that game. They hardwired it so that it would only run on one server. And then they shut down that server. They could have just as easily made it run on any server so you could set up your own and you could run. No, 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 we didn't do that. We can't do that. We've got to have them come to our place so we can put advertising in. And it's like, well, yeah. You know, so now the game's worthless. You know, you can, you can play the standalone games, but, and it's but funny the that, interactive stuff is gone.
0: And, and it's funny because a lot of other companies have done that. They've allowed the, the servers to be created. Yeah. On, on private servers, I've played uh, a variety of games that, you know, you have your sure. own little private world, your own little private server. You can adjust it in certain manners. So uh, yeah, it, it would have been an interesting area, and, that, and oddly enough, that must've been the one I d- didn't play, because <laughs> now I'm sitting here going, okay. Well, okay. it wasn't an adventure game; it was a casino simulation. And so, I've, uh, I'm a kind okay. of a, more of a fantasy, uh, uh, Starfighters, you know, medieval magic type stuff myself. Sure. So, yeah. um, but occasionally, back in the early days, I adventured off <laughs> into different little things. Um, so. You did say that you're in in retirement now. Have you been um, actively going to a lot of conventions?
2: No. Um, John Lester called me about this show and and uh, invited me down, and I thought, well, well why not see what uh, see what's going on in that world? And uh, I have to uh, say that I was really impressed. It's a great show, and and uh, it was it's been
0: a fun weekend. Have you got a chance to wander around much when you got? Yeah, you I walked here? I walked the floors and. Uh, it's been interesting. I was I was astounded when I went into the arcade room, and they had brought in all the arcade games. Yeah. Where would the, they get all those? Uh, well, there's a company that actually evidently donated them and brought, it, to brought them in uh-huh. and all that. And then, of course, there's the stage that the bands have been playing, right. and that's where uh-huh. I've been spending a little bit of time up there filming those guys and taking pictures. But I was amazed. I'm like, wow, this is a nice production. Uh-huh. They did. They actually went out of their way. There were a lot more TV cameras and a lot more... Uh, TVs up and stuff. Yeah, so it's it a good a show. Good so
2: if your listeners are uh, interested in coming, they should definitely do it. It's well we're going to. We're
0: definitely going to try to come back. We have plans ourselves for next season, mm-hmm. next year. So we're going to see if we can come back. But uh, well, I should tell
2: you, you know, at some point we should plug my website because absolutely, I, I don't doing. make any money off of it. It's, <laughs> but uh, but I've contributed a lot of humor, uh, and posted it online. But I've also, it's, there's another half of the site that is um, old stories about the old days at Sierra. It's, mm-hmm. it's inside stories and, and um, inside things about the games and, and how they worked and how we programmed them and all that kind of stuff. And if people are interested enough to listen to us this far, yeah. they probably should go. It's at allo.com, and it's, it's six letters, and it also spells all O... Oh. <laughs> um. As if everybody owes something. So. That's a good anyway, way to know. All, allo is easier, but allo is also the same. Allo.com. And, uh, and, and also, I have a, a daily, for the last 18 years, ever since I retired, uh, 18 years ago, I uh, have sent out uh, two jokes every weekday morning. And one of them is
0: clean. <laughs> Let's see, that's something I can definitely push. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, uh, what other forms of media are you on? Uh, uh, instant messages or not instant messengers? Uh, well, I'm on social... Twitter.
2: Uh, follow me on Twitter. That's the easy way. I put the short jokes on Twitter, but to get the real, the full jokes, to get all the jokes, you mm-hmm. have to sign up for an email because a lot of them are too long for,
0: you know, just. Too yeah, long. the 140 characters does have a tendency yeah. to leave <laughs> things yeah. a little short. All right. Well, I appreciate the interview and I'm Good. glad you came down. And I hope to see you again. Well, thank you. It's (laughs) been a pleasure. So, Amy, you got another opportunity, and phenomenal opportunities, to talk to several of the musicians that were performing there. And you talked to a gentleman named Wolvesy?
5: Yeah, Wolvesy. Wolsey was a great musician. Um, A different sound than anything that we had uh, uh, the whole weekend. Um, And everybody actually did have a different sound, but Wolvesy's was, you know... Some of it, th- with him, it's almost like I, like hard to put into words exactly. Um, very trance, but kind of uh, very danceable at the same time. I, I felt like it was something I could picture myself moving around to. Um,
0: I can't picture myself moving around to anything. <laughs> <Seriously>.
5: <laughs> I could picture you dancing to it. Nice, nice, cool, like...
0: I didn't drink enough beer the other movement. night to do A little
4: booty shake.
0: <laughs> I don't want to picture that. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, and he's doing it. Uh, <laughs> and
5: he's yeah. doing oh, it. Well, now you can picture it.
0: Oh. And you're never getting that out of your mind. <laughs> Quick, get me a brain slug.
5: Do we have some music from Wolvesy as well that we're going to play? Or? Uh,
0: I believe so. I, I have to double check my files, because, but I, will, I believe I did. <laughs> yeah,
5: he's, he's got some shows coming up. I've noticed him uh, since the interview. Uh, I've been tagged in a couple things on Facebook. And invited to a couple things of friends of mine that have bands out, and he's on the lineup. So I thought That's that was cool. really interesting, and uh, I might be seeing him again soon.
0: And he was such an incredibly short individual. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Boy, it's
0: tall. D- did you have to stand on a stool to interview him? No. <laughs> you know, the, the funny part is, the very first photo that I, or first or second photo that I posted, I cut off his head. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Not that, yeah. Not good. Not good. <laughs> All right, well... Uh, yeah, here we go. Let's hear that interview.
5: This is Amy Hansen. I'm here interviewing Wolfsy at Game Expo Arizona. Hi, Wolfsy. Hello, hello. Wolfsy is a local artist, and uh, could you tell us a little bit about your art and
7: what it is? Uh, yeah, it's just... um, This comes from, like, a lot of experiences that I went through. Um... What I mainly write is just like a lot of experimental, electronic, uh, with jazzy influences. Um, I don't know, it's just pretty much, a lot of people ask me, like, where does it come from? And I try to think of a cool story, but this is what I like to do.
5: (laughs) No, that's cool. So what's your real name, you mind telling us?
7: It's Brandon.
5: Hi, Brandon. Nice to meet you. And so how long have you been making music like this?
7: I've been making music uh, for about two years now. Since about 2012, I used to write a lot of, like, electro House, dubstep, um, drum and bass, but then it um, just kind of took a turn, and I just found out that I really love jazz, and just started implementing that with, like, a lot of like, weird sounds and you know, looping and layering, and just finding ways to put drums in it, and I just fell in love with the whole thing. Anything
5: else you're into, besides just writing your music?
7: Uh, let's see. I just got into, into like, painting. So that's been, that's been pretty fun. Like a lot of finger painting. Um, let's see. Another thing I like interior design. Newtel is really good too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean that's pretty
5: much it. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Um. So you've been doing this music for how long now?
7: For about for about two years. Uh, I released a uh, like a small EP back in 2012, and that was just like my first. Go at experimental music. I just said, you know, screw it. I'm just put myself out there, see how it goes, and I got, you know, some pretty good feedback from what I heard. But it was like a, like a select group of people that really liked it. So now it's just like more of you know expanding and you know figuring out that, that demographic like. You know, like that.
5: So, so you did one LP. Is there somewhere we can find that one? Or
7: yeah, it's like uh, it's on my it's not my Instagram, but my um, SoundCloud. It's no longer available in stores anymore, so it's kind of, pretty hip so it's kind of like the, uh, the vintage version of the EP. It's called Intrusive of Thoughts, and that's going to be found on my, Insta- or my SoundCloud. I don't know why I'm hyping up Instagram so much, but um, I'm on there, too, so. Okay, all right,
5: and so how do we find it, then?
7: It's just Wolf Z, W-L-F-Z-I-E.
5: Wolf Z, okay, with a Z, I-E. Cool, cool. Um, and I was going to ask you, so since you've been here, have you just been here today or have you performed all weekend or?
7: Yeah, we, uh, I was here on Friday and I performed with the, uh, with the three piece band set, it's called Militia Joan Hart, of Myself, uh, Andy Warpigs, Scott Mitting, and uh, Da Go, and um, we played right before the mini bosses which was pretty cool too, and um, I played today. 3 o'clock as well. Oh, that's
5: awesome! So, what's your, been your favorite thing about GameCon so far?
7: Uh, favorite thing is the the people, you know, you know, all the kids and all the grown-ups that are here. They're playing the games, and you know, they don't really care if they lose or if they win. They're just here to have fun and you know, experience this whole thing. You know, this this whole event gives those kind of people an outlet to really you know do what they love instead right. of just being in their rooms or you know in somebody's basement playing games. So. Three, four in the morning. You know, they can just come here and just do it during the daytime and meet some pretty cool people at the same time.
5: All right, that's awesome, isn't it? Have you played any games?
7: I, yeah, i played some pinball machines. Um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah, the pinball was, was really good. I just felt so nostalgic when I played it. And uh, there was like a line for the Star Wars game. Oh,
5: I know, I wanted to get in that line too. right? I know that's what happened. I bailed out yeah. on the
7: line. I'm going to try again today. All
5: right, so if we want to check out your music, um, tell us exactly where to go one more time or anywhere that we can download it.
7: Yes, it's just on soundcloud.com forward slash wolfzie, W-O-L-F-Z-I-E, and all the stuff's going to be on there. I, I do have an album coming out later this year. October 24th is going to be the next album that comes out, so look forward to that as well.
5: Oh, cool. Well, I'm excited. All right, well, thank you very much. Nice to meet you.
7: No problem. Thanks for having
5: me. So, Jared, I heard you interviewed a dog.
4: That that is actually correct. Um, Kiba, the cosplaying Corgi, uh, was actually at Game On Expo. It's uh, actually my first encounter with uh, this awesome uh, service dog and uh, of course the the owner Nicole. Um, you know I got to got to sit down and interview Nicole about you know Having this this dog that cosplays.
5: Oh, he was so cute! Every time I passed the booth, I st- I pet him. I he, mean, everybody, everybody was does. touching the dog. And the dog it, is it's, just so mellow. He just
4: it's like, like, loves it. Yeah. And <laughs> speaking of, speaking of animals, I just had the uh, the cat just made its infamous return right onto my leg. <laughs> the the <laughs> new star of the show, Jora
5: Mormont, the cosplay cat. Yeah. <laughs> he wishes.
0: Yeah, currently but, dressed up as Garfield. <laughs>
5: All I can see is his butt. (laughs) That's exactly what I see.
4: (laughs) But, um, yeah, it it was kind of interesting because I've I've never, like, I've actually seen, you know, different animals have costumes and whatnot, but not actually one that actually goes out and cosplays. Um, And I'm actually, uh, luckily enough, I'm actually hanging out with uh, with Nicole and Kiba and also Daisy, which is Kiba's little sister, uh, at SabatonCon this weekend.
5: And is she as mellow as, as Kiba?
4: No, <laughs> she no. didn't look as mellow. She, she yeah she she's not as mellow. She um it, it seems like well they 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 were cosplaying as Link and uh, Navi uh, from the uh, Legend of Zelda games and uh, Kiba was is uh, Link and he's you know very mellow sitting there and uh, Daisy uh, just like the character Navi in the in the game is very
0: uh, very voicey. Oh, just, just 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 barking barking away and now Kiba actually made her own costume right? made his own costume. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's, that would be some talent. That, that would be. That's a, Yeah. Yeah. But
4: um. But yeah. And and uh, Kiba, like I said before, is a is a service dog for Nicole. Um. So I kind of also talked to her about you know how it is having a uh, a service dog at a convention. So and uh, it's a very very interesting interview and I actually uh, asked uh, Kiba a, a very very poignant question as well. You'll, you'll find out what that is uh, here uh, during during the interview. All right, let's hear it. Yeah. This is Jared Bernal with Han Air Radio. Uh, we're actually here on the floor of, uh, well, Game On Expo again uh, in Mesa, Arizona. I'm actually here uh, with Kiva, the cosplaying corgi. Actually, by far, one of, the, uh, one of the cutest guests. And, of course, we have uh, Nicole. Uh, the owner of Kiba sitting here with us. How are you doing today?
8: I'm doing great. Neo.
4: I'm I'm doing fine. I'm doing that better now that we got we got Kiba here. Uh, so, uh, tell us a little bit about Kiba.
8: Um. Well, Kiba is a six-year-old Pembroke Welsh Corgi. Um. He's about two years old. Um. He got fully trained to be my service dog. Um. And then, of course, you know, doctor's notes and everything that went along with that for legal purposes. Um, and I was like, "He's a weirdo."
4: <laughs> are, are, are you a weirdo, Kiba? Yeah. So, so he has a he has a fully licensed service dog for you. Um, now, how, what's your experience been at different cons, uh, just with with people in general coming up and and wanting to pet Kiba and whatnot?
8: Um. I was like, everything has been really positive. Um, though I, w- I do want to touch on to the licensed service dog thing. There's actually no such thing. Um, all those sites are actually scams. So anybody that I have people come up to me, they're like, how do I get a certified service dog? And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 you don't need a service dog if you're asking those questions then. Um, and I was like, just because literally service dog is just about the training. And then, of course, legal purposes, if you have to go to court, it's about having a doctor note and a trainer to back you up. Um, and I was like, so yeah, there's no certified service dog, but most of the time, yeah, I get really, you know, positive things from it and everything like that. I was like, we, as like, I think the only other time, like sometimes I'll have security come up and they'll be like, man, there's no pets allowed. And I'll be like, no, he is my service dog. And they're like, oh, okay. Um, and they're usually pretty relaxed about it.
4: Alright, so of course uh Kiva's got a couple couple different cosplay outfits. Uh, when when did you I guess the the, the big question is when did Kiva first start doing cosplay?
8: Um actual cosplay, um it was twenty thirteen at Phoenix Comic Con. Um and then again we didn't attend another con until like another year later at Phoenix Comic Con 2014. Um but yeah, 2013 was the first one and he did a Moogle and link. Um, I literally we decided a week before the con that we were going to go, so it was something quick I could just throw together. Um, and his costumes like didn't even last the entire con, so. So so when
4: so when did you first notice that uh, that Kiba was able to wear wear costumes and actually actually enjoy it?
8: Um, well, I recently was a puppy. Um, he's actually one of my like, really expensive dog. Just as a puppy, he had Demodectic, what is called Demodectic Mange.
1: Um,
8: or Demodex. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tell me. You want to tell the story?
1: <laughs> yeah.
8: Tell me the song, of Your People. Okay. Um,
4: that, that, that was actually Kiva. was up here at the table with us. <laughs>
8: But, yeah, so he was, you know, he had it so bad that he was practically bald. Um, And so most of his puppyhood, he was wearing T-shirts and sweaters and stuff like that to help keep him, you know, regulate his body temperature and everything. Um, And I was like, so ever since he was a puppy, he was wearing clothes, you know, little doggy shirts and stuff like that. And then it just kind of was like, oh, well, let's see what else I can do. And then, of course, during, you know, training for service dog and then also just regular training, you know i would just put things on his head and be like okay hold this and then he would just sit there and just hold like my phone or something on top of his head and so eventually just went from those to like okay let's put a hat on you now and let's do this and let's do that and then it's like wow okay i can actually do quite a bit with you
4: (laughs) that's pretty amazing especially like because we also have here on the table with us his uh, master chief helmet and i mean i I gotta say that it, it looks looks awesome and I actually saw him, he was wearing the full armor yesterday, and it's probably probably one of the cutest things I've seen. Um, now, out of all the costumes, which one would you say is actually Kiba's favorite?
8: Um, his favorite probably be the easiest ones, which is the Zwei, when I do Ruby, um, or this recent one we did Anime Expo, um, I did Ed, and he was Ayn. So literally, he was cosplaying a Corgi in both of those.
4: <laughs> that, that's that's pretty awesome, and I, I, I love that he's, he's He's gorgeous. He's, he's a cute dog, uh, just in and of itself. And uh, I, I like like the fact you know you said that he had the, the mange earlier, and he's got a full coat of fur now, and uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome that he was able to, to get through that, which is good. Um, so do you have any uh, any upcoming projects? Any uh, any cosplays that you're building for uh, for Keepa right now?
8: Um, right now nothing's like really in the works. Um, as like, I do have a lot planned. Like I really want to do Winter Wonderland Lulu and have him be my Poro. Um, we also, I want to do him as Reinhardt and I want to do a female Roadhog. Um, so yeah, those are probably the more recent ones that we'll go turn around and start working on.
4: So, so you do, you do cosplay as well.
8: Yeah, I was like, through him, you know, just because I have such bad anxiety, and especially social anxiety and stuff like that, so at first I was like really kind of scared, especially seeing all the stuff online, people shaming other people, and I was like, okay, I was like, I'm not the fit body type, and I was like, okay, I don't really want to get all this backlash, but then after being in the community and meeting so many people, I was like, you know what, no, you know what, I want to enjoy this too. So yeah, so a lot of our more recent stuff and stuff like that is, you know, trying to Incorporate me and him together.
4: Well, that's 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 actually really nice. I love I love that the uh, the cosplay community is actually able to do something like that, especially for for people with social anxiety, people who are aren't necessarily apt to do something like that. And that's actually something that I I'm I'm a bit big advocate for personally as well. Um, So I got I do have one question for Kiba. See see if Kiba can answer it. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Are you a good boy? Are you a good boy, Kiba? He's just, just, just sniffing the mic, that's all. <laughs> all right, well, uh, we do want to thank you for, uh, for coming on with Con Air Radio and uh, just, uh, and having Kiba here with you. Uh, this, this is your moment. Go ahead and give out, give out a couple of plugs. Where, where, where can we find Kiba next? Where can we find Kiba online?
8: Um, next con we're going to be at is in Vegas. It's going to be SaboCon. Um, and then, of course, it's kind of weird, but then two weeks after that is Sabo10Con, which is here in Phoenix. Um, and as like and then you can find us online at Um you can find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com backslash Kiba the Corgi um, Twitter's also Kiba the Corgi and then we have Instagram which is Nicole and Kiba
4: and do uh, you got any um, uh, oh I, I, I completely I, I just thought of the question and just completely spaced <laughs> it I love when it happens um, so I guess uh, I guess once again, thank you for, for coming out, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again sometime soon.
8: Oh yeah, most definitely. All right,
4: and uh, for Conair Radio, once again, this was Jared Bernal on uh, the floor of uh, Game On Expo in Mesa, Arizona, and uh, well, we'll catch you guys next time. All right, well, before we uh, we finish up this part two of Game On Expo, uh, we got to send out a, a big thank you to uh, our actually our a new graphic designer. Correct.
0: Correct. Yeah. Uh, a mm-hmm. creative art, st- oh no, sorry, clever art studio. I am totally messing up today. <laughs> Cle- <laughs> so cl- clever art studio, All right. and uh,
4: we've got got some new uh, new graphics coming out uh, yes. for that, which is going to be pretty nice.
5: Yes,
0: Yay. I'm hoping to have t-shirts by Fan Fest and nice. Keen Halloween. <laughs> t-shirts. So you're gonna give
5: me a t-shirt? I get to like cut it and make it look sexy, right? Uh,
0: yeah, I better get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, We're no, no. Nice just... and big is good. I, know, I, I haven't I seen you in a t-shirt, cool. so I'm not sure how that's going to even work. But oh, we'll don't have worry, to I'll them. make it work. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to make sure it's a little larger, then I yeah. guess, give you some customization room. Yeah, that's right.
4: <laughs> no, I can do any size. <laughs> okay. And uh, oh, and also with that, we, we can also probably get some uh, some business cards with all of our names on it. Oh, uh, yeah, that'd that's be good possible. too. Yeah, yeah
0: they're going to be expensive.
4: <laughs> yeah, they're they're always expensive. Uh huh. Okay. But uh yeah, so um gonna see some uh, some new new things from us here at Con Air Radio.
0: Absolutely. We'll definitely see some new graphics and uh and if I haven't given it a shout out, uh, I also have a uh non-official computer technician's BYTS computer repairs in Mesa. I'm just kinda dropping that because hey, they fix my computers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well <laughs> so that's that's good. <laughs>
4: All right, so we got uh, one last interview, and this is actually uh, my interview with uh, Darren DePaul, uh, the voice mm-hmm. of Reinhard from Overwatch uh, and several other Blizzard games. He's done uh, done a lot of things, and of course, uh, the new Final Fantasy that's coming out. Uh, he voices a character in that. Uh, we actually did something a little little bit different uh, in this interview. Um, originally, we weren't we weren't going to interview him uh, because you know. We thought that he wasn't going to have time. He was a surprise. He, he was kind of a surprise <laughs> and definitely a surprise. He, he was he was
0: probably one of my favorite interviews. Yeah, Albright, you guys were stoked on it. This yeah. guy, this guy really he he's good with people. He yeah. loves people. And
4: one of the biggest things I loved about I love about him is that he is a fan of what he does. He geeks out over over everything that he does, which is you know it it holds it in such high regard to where you know.
0: It, it takes it if you love what you do to a new level, yeah. You know? I like the fact that um, he just is willing to talk. I mean, oh, yeah. seriously, we we intercepted in the hallway and we had 20 minutes to a half hour conversation going in the hallway, and then we had the interview. Where is that how was... you recorded it? Or or no, you... no, oh, that was actually, actually went... before. That oh, was, yeah, cool. before that was even before we like hadn't the... even planned it until then, yeah. And hey, then you should
5: have been recording.
0: Well, well and
4: and the nice thing <laughs> is, like, uh, when he was done with uh, with one of his panels, I, I talked, I was like, hey, you know would it be possible maybe, you know, before you leave, if I can just get like a quick, you know, 10-minute interview? He's like, yeah, you know, if, if I got the time. And then I found out that he really didn't have a lot of people because he was going to do his autographs and pictures and whatnot. He didn't really have a, a lot of people in line. So I just kind of, you know, we, we just kind of went in and he just was having like a sit-down, like a, like a secret panel. <laughs> yes. Which was actually kind of nice. And he was just sitting there. He was just answering questions, just talking and... You know, I, I asked you know what you know if nobody has any objections you know how about we do an interview here you know we can have anybody come up and ask questions oh, in, cool. into the microphone and and what and so you did that yeah and, and that's what we did and oh
5: neat this is gonna be a fun
4: one yeah it was de- definitely an, uh, definitely a fun one definitely a little, little bit different from uh, from what we normally do here mm-hmm. um, and honestly he's he's a great by great guy he's kind of kind of my buddy now. I definitely
0: definitely fanned out over him. Which was really funny because you have to kind of catch the first part of the interview because, yeah, he fanned out. I, I, oh, I, I'm excited. Duh, here we duh, go. Duh, I, I fanned duh. out. <laughs> I
4: fanned out so hard. I did something I probably should never do as a wow. as an interviewer. I,
0: I had the potential of editing that out, but no. no. I decided oh, to. Oh, I'm excited. It in there. Let's go.
5: This is a great lead-in. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> here we go.
0: All right, we are back here at Conair Radio.
4: Once again, this is Jared Bernal, and we are on the floor of Game On Expo. <clears throat> That's right. We actually have people here uh, listening into the next interview, and uh, it's actually uh, one of my personal favorites from the Overwatch series. Uh, you probably know him. You've heard his voice as Reinhardt, Mr. Oh, great. I got, I got, I got, I, I looked at him. I looked at him. Oh, wait, no. It's Darren DePaul.
1: He has a name!
4: I, I, I just get so Star Trek because, uh, because uh, in Overwatch, Reinhardt is my main. He's, he's my favorite character. That and makes
3: me so happy. And you're dressed kind of like a killer whale, which I enjoy as well. Ooh, jump for a fish. Reinhardt wants to see you jump for a fish. Ooh, I'm dangling it. Oh,
4: oh. <laughs> this, this is why I like the guy. I, I've, been, I've been following him for the past two days. Uh, f- funny, funny man. I mean, not, not 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 outside of the con, of course.
3: I'm I'm great in elevators, apparently. <laughs> oh man! But people keep pressing buttons to get off, and I don't know why. Like, but Look, can we do another voice for you?
4: <laughs> he did the T-Rex arms again. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I went, went to your last panel, the one that happened here on Sunday. Um,
3: that was I, fun. It, it, it was me and Steve Downs and Jen Taylor, and I was geeking out as well to be on a panel. That was super cool.
4: Now, one thing that I do like, I mean, especially because you you are a voice actor, you're you're not just a voice actor, but you are a fan. You are a nerd among your people here.
3: That is right. 100% right.
4: Now, now, what is it? Yeah. (laughs) 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 Like I said, I'm nerding out right now. Um, So... How's your con experience been uh, this year here at Game On Expo?
3: It's been amazing. I mean, everyone has been so cool. I have loved it. We've kind of been in this room or the panel rooms. I haven't gone out on the floor that much you know, because we've been going from interviews and doing things, so I kind of wanted to see the floor and spend too much money on Star Wars toys, uh, that my wife will then go, we have no room for more Star Wars toys. You still have your original Kenner figures from the 70s. Yeah, I'm that guy. Uh, but I just love it. I, I, From what I understand, they've grown so much. It was only their second year, and this is huge. Did anybody here, were you here last year? Oh, yeah. No. How is it different, Heather?
4: A lot more people, a lot more vendors.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, 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 Heather you. is going to come up at the microphone and say what she just said. It's okay. <laughs> come, on, it's okay. come on up. Come on up.
6: Um, I have to say from last year, there is there is an increase in people. There's more vendors. There's more access to different um, crafts and what people are uh, making in terms of games and you know, just to the different movies and games. There's a lot more tournaments. It looks like. Um, there's a lot more famous guests, and I'm honestly honored to meet you. And <laughs> and there's a lot more panels too. So it's definitely grown, and it's only the second year.
3: So did anybody go to the music? They've been having concerts. I've been hearing them, and I didn't make it over there. And I really wanted to go. Did anyone go
6: there?
3: I wanted to see that, and after our panel, because um, Lauren Alexander, who's super cool if you don't know her, uh, she's one of the reasons why I'm here as well, and we stayed in the board game room. We were talking comics for about three hours. That's where we were. Just They were recommending stuff, and we were talking Marvel and DC and, and Spain and, and weird things, and that's what I think a convention is about. You're finding your people. You're finding your community and going, oh, I love this thing. Have you seen it yet. So apparently I'm supposed to read Lazarus. Has anyone read Lazarus? I, I I don't think. I think it's an independent. They said Planetary I have to read. I didn't read Planetary yet. Uh, um, saga, which I always want to read, but for some reason I never do, because I'm a Marvel guy. I just, every week it's Marvel, 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 Marvel. other guys.
9: so um, obviously my husband is Marvel I'm both um, in fact my sister is insanely into the um, uh, especially Deadpool especially the fact that he breaks the fourth wall is what it's called um, I like Marvel but I grew up on Justice League so I can't be a bigger fan than for Justice League.
3: Are you looking forward to the new cartoon?
9: I'm so excited for it. (laughs) But I do prefer the... (laughs) That's awesome. I prefer the um, older stuff. Like if you've seen um, Teen Titans, I prefer the actual original Teen Titans to the Teen Titans Go or whatever or anything, where it actually in my opinion seems more intellectual.
3: Well, but a lot of times I think with the Warner Bros stuff which is so brilliant. Maybe it's not for us, it's for the person who's this is my first comic book TV show and they'll fall in love with it and fall in love with the comics and then, you know, see the other stuff. While we can still enjoy it as well. I am I'm looking forward to it for many reasons. So, uh,
4: so Darren, you're relatively new to the voice actor scene, aren't you? Yes,
3: uh, the Los Angeles voice actor scene. I did commercials, because I had done Broadway and off-Broadway and national tours for years, and my wife does that, and uh, about three years ago we decided to try Los Angeles, because you physically have to be in L.A. to do animation and games. And we decided to try it, thinking we'll be here three months and then go back to New York. And we, you know, Deb has been back and forth, I've only, I was home at Christmas, but it's weird finding a place to stay all the time and going. Mm -hmm. Because being theater people, we know this could end tomorrow. This is so cool that everybody's here, but, you know, that could happen in the career that, okay, now the next guy's doing it or or for some reason we're not going to do that game anymore. It's a, it's a weird career to do. There's no stability.
4: So, so before you got into voice acting, you were actually stage actor, Broadway. Yes. Um, how how long have you been acting? Since the
3: early '80s.
4: The early '80s. Yes. What was your What was your first uh, first big gig?
3: Oh well, I mean, really acting. I you know in high school, I did plays at my school. I did plays at my sister's all-girls Catholic school. I was you know learning, 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 learning or learning, sorry, I've been a long day. And then I got an apprenticeship at the Burt Reynolds uh, Theater in Florida, and that was a year, it was kind of a graduate program, but you worked in the theater, and you one show you'd run the lights, one show you'd do the costumes, one show you'd build the set, so you learned every aspect of theater and appreciation for it. And Mr. Reynolds would bring, you know, this was again the 80s, so big people from film and, and theater would come and give us a class, or would be in a play there. And you'd go, I can't believe that I'm getting you know this kind of relationship with these performers, and it just thrilled me and inspired me, and so I don't know, you know, I, I'm like one of those actors that's been beating around and would do something big. I did like an episode of Miami Vice, and then you do theater for a while, so you're working a lot. But people are like, I don't know you. I'm like, I don't know me either, um, <laughs> and then you know, I did a lot of cool stuff off Broadway and Broadway, and got nominated for some stuff. Uh, But nobody really knows it, but three years ago, maybe two and a half, really, with Blackhand, was the first that people went, oh, that's a cool character, who's doing that? And then Valkorion was pretty much after that. Uh, um, You know, Grim Patron in Hearthstone was there, and and, uh, Anubarak in Heroes of the Storm. But it was like, Blackhand starts here, Valkorion starts here, then we have Doom and Overwatch, and it exploded. So,
4: uh, out of all the uh, all the voices that you've done, what would you say is is the hardest voice
3: that you've been able to come up with? Oh, oh, okay. Um, I can't talk about that one. Uh, oh, so- something coming up? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming up, and this is actually one that I'm that I have a callback for. That, you know, because they'll. I know this is not visual, but when you get an audition, if you're lucky, they'll give you a picture, so you look at how he looks and you develop a voice in your head and go well that'll be my choice for that. You record at home and send it to your agent and then it moves on you know from there whether they like you or not. Sometimes there's a callback sometimes there isn't. Um, I love doing the monster voices. They're not hard to do. If you're doing it for nine hours like we did in the Warcraft movie that can get rough. Uh, There's one coming up that I really I almost didn't audition for. Because I thought this isn't me, this isn't what I do. I do the deep voice stuff, and I didn't think it was him, and he's really kind of sexy looking. <laughs> and I went, know, oh, I don't do that." And there were a bunch of characters. We did not know what the franchise was. So I auditioned for about eight roles. But you know, the deeper the older guys, the more gravelly stuff, I love, you know, I love doing that kind of Sam Elliott thing. Where you just sound like, you know, you don't sound like yourself, but you sound super cool. And there was kind of a guy like that. I'm going, well, of course, of course, that'll be the one they call me in for. Nope. They called me for this guy that I almost didn't get. And I was terrified. I was terrified. But then as it got further, I'm like, oh, I do know this man. I do know how to do this. But finding it at first.
4: Very difficult.
3: It was difficult. You know, honestly, it wasn't because I got him, but I didn't think I'd get it. So I did one take. Normally I will obsess over a take to get it perfect to send it into the agent. And this one I went, just there, that's that. And the writing was so great.
4: Wow. So um, one thing I always love uh, when I interview voice actors, say something in character as Reinhardt that Reinhardt would never say.
3: I don't like
4: anyone.
3: I love that. I love so ha- have, you, have you actually sat down and played Overwatch? I have indeed. I did at BlizzCon. The very first BlizzCon, it was my birthday when it was announced two or three years, like two BlizzCons ago. And a friend of mine brought me there. Um, to, you know, I didn't have a ticket, he got me a ticket. And I was just kind of geeking out. And I didn't know it was called Overwatch. And they put it up on the screen. We walked in just as Chris Metzen was doing that big reveal of Overwatch. And they played the first trailer. And I'm like, this is gorgeous. What's this? And he kind of looked, you know, my friend Jason Bischoff, who used to be licensing for them. He kind of looked at me. His friend, his wife, Kim, was like, keep watching. And it was so cool, that first video. You're like, this is gorgeous. And then they did the second one. And they introduced the characters. And I went, this, I'm in this. But Reinhardt wasn't for a while, so I thought, oh, well, maybe he'll be released later, because sometimes that'll happen with the character. And he was the last one, and the armor came around the corner, and I'm cheering him now, because it was like, oh, this is so cool! And the music is swelling, and then the big hammer down! And, that, and I'm just like, how is this my life? And, <laughs> that, and That's I awesome. And, played it, and then I went over to play it.
4: That, that's awesome. To see you get emotional about something like that, I mean, it shows that you have a, a deep, passion for
3: it yeah that's why we do it I mean it's about giving our heart to you guys and we don't you know I, I don't meet you when I'm in the booth but it's supposed to translate to that it's like everything that we do I, I said in the panel it was really weird I took Cirque du Soleil clown training because I loved it I loved Cirque du Soleil and uh, the teacher just said you know he, and he, brilliant, David Shiner brilliant clown brilliant you know vaudeville physical clowning but he'd always be like it's a hundred percent for the audience. You know, no ego on your part. We do this for them. That's what the show is for. So it's like, that's why we do it. I, I love that. I love that. That
4: that that it translates so well from the video game itself as well. Um, now, I know you, you, you were talking uh, in the in your panel earlier about uh, about playing the video game against somebody else. How you would you know kind of cower. Uh, cower a little bit behind uh, behind other people or in a cave or whatnot.
3: Oh, yeah, there was Halo. I was on tour I was on tour with Little Shop of Horrors uh, and we played the gamut and uh, for the first year I was the understudy for, for Mushnik and so you just kind of How do you do someone just kidding? So you wait and if someone's sick or ill you'll play the, the role and So you have a lot of downtime So myself and one of the other male understudies who covered uh, Seymour and the Dentist, he played Halo, and I was playing Knights of the Old Republic. Because I kind of like exploring by myself. Because I don't want the, I was always picked last for sports, and I don't like that pressure. I'm just like, did I do it right? And he's like, let's play this game Halo. Like, oh, it sounds like fun. And it was gorgeous. I loved it. And we're starting to do things, and I'm wandering around, and he shoots me. I'm like, oh, okay. We respawn. I'm like, well, let's let's have a fun. He's like, die, and he shoots me. So I found a cave and I hit and I'm, I hid. I'm like, yay! This is a fun game experience. And he was furious, going, Where are you? Or I'm like, back in high school, going, Don't kill me! Don't kill me! And that was my Halo experience. But again, sitting next to Steve today, I'm geeking out, and, and Jen.
4: Oh yeah, I know. We I, we actually did a interview with uh, with both of them not too long ago in here, and I played Halo growing up, and I'm just like, this is them. This is this is them. And I, I know you were. I saw you up on stage. You were geeking out too. So, um, I, and you, when you were talking about that earlier at the panel, there was a part of me that just wanted to jump up and say, "Don't worry, I will be your shield." <laughs> so.
3: Thank you. It means a lot.
4: And and it, it's. I mean, I, like like I've. Like I told uh, Stephen Jen, like I, I'm, I'm aspiring to be a, a voice actor because I've talked with a couple voice actors back at Comic Con here, and it's like it's something that I, I do want to get into. And it, if you have any advice for, for anybody looking looking to to get into
3: it. About it, earlier, and it's acting, 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 act on stage, act in film, you know, do stand up, do improv, do anything because it's the it's called voice acting. It's the acting comes first. And because if you do a voice, that's great. But what if you can't play a scene that way? And, and, you know, I, I have a friend. He's a brilliant puppeteer. I mean, brilliant. And he does every voice on The Simpsons. And uh, but it's like we'll do something outside that. And, you know, he'll, he'll he'll freeze up, but he can drop dead impressions of the Simpsons. And it's like, but they're still around. Create your own. What's what's the character that you're going to do? Like, how did I wind up doing Reinhard and Valkorion? That I have this weird instrument that I can play, which is my throat, I'm pointing to my throat, everybody. You know, and that's kind of what it is. It's like, this is the instrument and I'm playing it. And it hits different notes and does different things. It gets damaged, you can hear it now, it's pretty tired. And I have a session in the morning, yay. But hopefully it's a gravelly one. So, uh,
1: well,
4: you know, once again, I, I just want to say thank you. First and foremost, just for being a fan among fans. And it's just it's it's one, one of those one of those big things. Just I I see you know especially with voice acting. I mean I I've seen actors be a little you know better than the room personally. It, it, it,
3: I've never seen that with voice acting. I never not Everything once. Just is like so welcoming and so happy, and you know when I got here it felt like home. And it, by here I mean the voice acting community, but also with you guys, everyone's been. You know, everyone's been so kind, and it's just—it means a lot that you guys love what we do. Well, and of course, you know,
4: it means a lot to us that you love what you do as well. So.
3: Thank you very much. It means a lot to me that you are dressed like that. Ooh.
4: Well, if you want, later on, this is really nice and soft. We can go cuddle in the back.
3: Ooh, K. Okay. That was a play on words with Orca. It didn't work on making down
4: and then, oh, this is why I love this guy he's, he's funny he's hysterical um, if we want to follow you uh, social media what, what do you have out there Darren
3: DePaul on Twitter that's the one I use that's about it uh, that's it I will look at Twitter I didn't understand Twitter and they were like you have to get on Twitter and now it's so much fun
4: all right. Well, uh, once again, thank you for, for doing this interview for Con Air Radio, and uh, hopefully we will we look forward to seeing uh, what you have coming out. You won't see. You will hear it. I was hoping for that. That was awesome. Yay! All right. Well, there we go. And once again, this has been Jared for Con Air Radio on the floor of Game On Expo. Yay! We'll catch you next time. I see trees of
5: green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you, and I think to myself,
1: Bullshit! What a wonderful world! Where are you going? I'm going to pack a fight. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed.